Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. Notice that it was the whole entire nation of Israel that paid the price. You see, God saw them as one, and sin never affects just one person. It, it reaches everyone who knows the individual. Sin is not ever done in a vacuum. It has a, has a way of, of spreading its tentacles. It's not content with just the one who committed the sin. It wants to reach out. It wants to infect every single person that that person is in contact with. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Truth in Christ Radio. We learned today that the children of Israel committed a trespass regarding the accursed things. Joshua had commanded the nation that they should not take any of the accursed things because they were associated with the demonic and debased worship and practices of the Canaanites. You see, the wars fought by Israel in Canaan were not to be plundering wars of personal gain. They were an unusual sacred instrument in God's hands used for judgment against a society ripe for judgment. Let's join Pastor Rob in chapter 7 of the book of Joshua. Amen. If we could open our Bibles to the book of Joshua. We weren't here last Thursday night because we had our adult retreat, but the week prior to that we looked at chapter 5 and chapter 6 of Joshua And uh, chapter 6 is a very interesting uh, chapter. It's the one that you've learned and you've known since you were in Bible uh, school and Sunday school. It was the the event of the destruction of Jericho. And you recall that God had brought the children of Israel through the wilderness. and, And there came a point where Moses was there on the on the east side of the Jordan and and he was rehearsing for the children of Israel all the things that they had um, that had been in their past as a means of encouragement and also a reminder to remind them of things that had happened in the past, to remind them of the things of the faithfulness of God, of his rules and regulations of the laws and commandments. They needed to be reminded because they were going to go into a land that was full of idolatry. And they needed to understand their own nature and to to totally rely upon God and to be to allow him to be their king and, and to be obedient and to um, cease from their rebellion. And if you recall, God didn't allow Moses to go over the Jordan because of his sin uh, in Numbers chapter 20. And uh, as a result of his rebellion, God says, Moses, you can't go over the Jordan. And so Joshua is going to be your, the one who's going to take your place, and he's going to go over. And you remember uh, week before last, we looked at that event. Um, it's not a story. 
It's an event. And you recall, you can see over here, uh, over this is the area of Shittim, which is also called the Acacia Grove. And remember, the children of Israel came about seven miles from, from Shittim to here to the Jordan River. It's about a seven-mile hike, and they got there, and uh, they waited, and they waited uh, for a day or so. And then finally, they, they make the, the trek, the Levites had the Ark of the Covenant on their shoulders, and so they come across the Jordan, you remember, in that miraculous uh, event, and it reminded certainly the children of Israel of the Red Sea crossing, uh, where God miraculously opened the waters. He did the same thing here. He stopped up the waters, and they uh, nearly two and a half million people went over on dry ground as they went across the Jordan, which was overflowing its bank there at that time during harvest time, during their barley harvest. And they walked across, and uh, you remember that they, the first night that they got, um, or that first evening, they encamped here at Gilgal, which is just here a little bit uh, to the north of Jericho. And that's where the uh, chapter 5 records for us that all of the men were circumcised again, or they were circumcised because those who came through the desert, they didn't, sac- or they didn't circumcise their children as they had did before they came out of Egypt and so they did that. And for a couple of days, they recovered, because you can obviously imagine they were sore. And so they waited there. And then there came a time where it says for us in uh, Joshua chapter 6 that God told them to go around the city once every single day. And the trumpets would be blowing, and the, the men of war would be there, and the Ark of the Covenant, and they'd march around the city of Jericho. And can you imagine the fear of the people of, of, of uh, Jericho as they are wondering what is going on here? This is totally unconventional warfare because they're, they're afraid. They've heard of the stories, and they weren't stories. They heard of the events, how God dried up the, the Red Sea, and they had heard about the event of them coming across the, the Jordan River. So they were shaking in their boots. Their hearts were fainting for fear. And so think about this, the, psych- the psychological warfare of this. You march around the city once, and then you just go back to Gilgal, and they eat, and they go to sleep. And they wake up the next morning, they do the same thing over and over again, and they do that for six days. Can you imagine the people looking out, you know, as they're looking out from the, 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 the top of the towers there, and they're looking out and they're wondering, what is going on here? They're doing this again. And then they go back to their houses. They go back to their tents that night. They do that for six days. But on the seventh day, recall, they go around it seven times. And at the right moment, Joshua gives them the cue and they shout. And the walls come falling flat down. And then the children of Israel go right into the city. They just climb right over that embankment, and they go right in it, and they destroy everything and everybody in it, except for Rahab. You remember, Rahab was the only one who was kind, and she took in those two spies that Joshua had sent to begin with. And what I think is really interesting is archaeologists have discovered that right over here on this northern side of, because Gilgal, you saw on our map before, Gilgal was up here somewhere, right? just a little bit to the north, or right over here on this side of Jericho, they found that when those walls went flat, archaeological evidence supports this, that there was a portion of that wall on the north that did not come down, a small portion of it, and that is exactly where Rahab and her family were, because remember, Rahab lived on the wall. She lived on the wall. She was a prostitute, and so she hung out there in the wall, and that's the one section that didn't fall flat like everything else around it. And I just think that's fascinating because that's just God's provision. 
and God sustaining her and her family for her faithfulness, for her faith. Even though she was a woman of ill repute, she still had a faith and it was growing. I don't think that Rahab was a harlot much longer, if that. But at one point she was known as that. And so they come in and they destroy everything. They destroy everything. And God told them, in verse 18 of chapter 6, it says, And you, by all means, abstain from the accursed things, lest you become accursed when you take the accursed things, and make the camp of Israel accursed and trouble it. But all the silver and all the gold and all the vessels of bronze and iron are consecrated to the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. So as they went in and took control and destroyed everything in that city, they were told not to take the gold and the silver and the bronze and those things, those metals, those precious metals were dedicated to the Lord. They were to give them to the Lord for, for the, the treasury of the, of the tabernacle and the things of that nature. And so what we're going to be looking at, you recall, they came from Shittim, which is also called the Acacia Grove. And the battle plan of this is really simple. God gave to Joshua the battle plan, and that was to go, eat, or to go west. First they would encounter Jericho, and then tonight we're going to look at the battle of Ai. And so God, so they were going to go into the land, central into the land, and then they were going to go south. Their campaign to the south was going to be uh, the next thing. And then they would go to their north and conquer their enemies there. And then the rest of part of the book of Joshua is really just partitioning the land after they had conquered those enemies, partitioning the land for the different tribes of Israel, where they would live. Where they would live. And then the last two chapters, of course, of Joshua are really Joshua's farewell address. And so let's actually read Joshua 7. It says, But the children of Israel, notice, after this invasion, after this successful conquest of Jericho, but the children of Israel committed a trespass regarding the accursed things. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerai of the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed things, and so the anger of the Lord burned against the children of Israel. Now Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Beth-Avon, on the east side of Bethel, and spoke to them, saying, Go up and spy out the country. So the men went up, and they spied out Ai. And they came, and they returned to Joshua and said to them, Do not let all the people go up, but let about two or 3,000 men go up and attack Ai. Do not weary all the people there, for the people of Ai are few. So about 3,000 men went up there from the people, but they fled before the men of Ai. And the men of Ai struck down about 36 men, men of the Jews, that is, and they chased them from before the gate as far as Shebarim and struck them down on the descent. Therefore, the hearts of the people melted and became like water. Then Joshua tore his clothes, and he fell to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord until evening. And he and the elders of Israel, and they put dust on their heads, and Joshua said, Alas, Lord God. Why have you brought this people over the Jordan at all to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us? Oh, that we had been content and dwelt on the other side of the Jordan. Oh, Lord, what shall I say when Israel turns its back before its enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear it, and they'll surround us, and they'll cut off our name from the earth. Then what will we do for your great name? And then if we had a music soundtrack to this chapter the mood would immediately turn to minor. The minor key would come in. Probably a D-flat minor. It's really dark, kind of foreboding. D-flat minor. So the Lord said to Achan, said to Joshua, excuse me, get up, 
Why do you lie on your face? Israel has sinned. They have also transgressed my covenant which I commanded them, for they have even taken some of the accursed things, and have both stolen and deceived, and they have put things among their own stuff. Therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turned their backs before their enemies, because they have become doomed to destruction. Neither will I be with you any more unless you destroy the accursed thing from among you. Get up, sanctify the people, and say, Sanctify yourselves for tomorrow, because thus says the Lord God of Israel, There is an accursed thing in your midst, O Israel. You cannot stand before your enemies until you take away the accursed thing from among you. In the morning, therefore, you shall be brought according to your tribes, and it shall be that the, the tribe which the Lord Takes shall come according to families, and the family which the Lord takes shall come by households. And the households which the Lord takes shall come man by man, and then it shall be that he who is taken with the accursed thing shall be burned with fire, he and all that he has, because he has transgressed the covenant of the Lord, because he has done a disgraceful thing in Israel. And so Joshua rose up early in the morning, and Joshua brought Israel by their tribes. And the tribe of Judah was taken. And he brought the clan of Judah, and he took the family of the Zarhites, and he brought the family of the Zarhites man by man, and Zabdi was taken. Then he brought his household man by man, and Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah of the tribe of Judah, was taken. Now Joshua said to Achan, My son, I beg you, give glory to the Lord God of Israel, and make confession to him, and tell me now what you have done. Do not hide it from me. And Achan answered and said, uh, answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and this is what I have done. When I saw among the spoils a beautiful Babylonian garment, 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold weighing 50 shekels, I coveted them and I took them. And there they are, hidden in the earth in the midst of my tent, with the silver under it. So Joshua sent messengers, and they ran to the tent, and there it was, hidden in the tent with the silver under it. And they took them from the midst of the tent, bought them, uh, brought them to Joshua and to the children of Israel and laid them out before the Lord. And then Joshua and all of Israel took him, and all, all Israel with him, excuse me, took Achan, the son of Zerah, the silver, the garment, the wedge of gold, his sons, his daughters, his oxen, his donkeys, his sheep, his tent, and all that he had. And they brought them to the valley of Achor. And Joshua said, why have you troubled us? The Lord will trouble you this day. So all Israel stoned him with stones, and, lay, and they burned them with fire after they had stoned them with stones. Then they raised over him a great heap of stones, still there to this day. So the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger. Therefore, the name of that place has been called the Valley of Achor to this day. Let's go back to... Verse 1, notice it says, But the children of Israel, they committed a trespass regarding the accursed things. The children of Israel did. The children of Israel. Notice at the very last part of that verse, it says, So the anger of the Lord burned against the children of Israel. But didn't we just read that God was, uh, he narrowed by probably casting lots, having the children of Israel cast lots. He knew who it was. And we'll look at this shortly, but... Notice that it was the whole entire nation of Israel that paid the price. 
You see, God saw them as one. And sin never affects just one person. It, it reaches everyone who knows the individual. Sin is not ever done in a vacuum. It has a, has a way of, of spreading its tentacles. It's not content with just the one who committed the sin. It wants to reach out. It wants to infect every single person that that person is in contact with. Notice that even though it was a man who committed this sin, notice there were 36 men out of 3,000 who died because of it. In Joshua chapter 22, verse 20, it says, Did not Achan, the son of Zerah, commit a trespass in the accursed thing, and wrath fell on all the congregation of Israel? And that man did not perish alone in his iniquity. Notice that. He didn't perish alone. It would have been easier, I think, you'd imagine that if he did, if the Lord just judged him. But there's more to the story. There's more to the story. But God sees Israel as a unit. He sees them as his own special people, a treasure, if you will. Just like the Lord sees the church as one entity. Although many members, we are one, right? All in Christ, the church of God. And he saw Israel as one unit. And a little leaven leavens the whole lump, doesn't it? A little leaven has a way of spreading. And God was very serious about sin as he was in the, in the New Testament when the church was just born, remember. And so now God, he sees this. And 36 men die as a result. And also Achan and his family and all of his belongings and the gold that was supposed to be given to the treasury. In Deuteronomy chapter 14, verses 1 and 2, it says, the Lord speaking, he says, You are the children of the Lord your God. You shall not cut yourselves nor shave the front of your head for the dead. And he's talking about improper mourning. But he says, For you, notice, are a holy people to the Lord your God. And the Lord has chosen you to be a people for himself, a special treasure above all the people, peoples who are on the face of the whole earth. So he sees them as one. And yet they are all in jeopardy because of this one sin of this one man. You see, sin affects more than just ourselves. When we sin, we can have when we, when we sin, we can have little concern or compassion for unbelievers. Sin has a way of just dulling the heart. Things that were normally important to you, things that are important to the Lord, things that you know are true of the Word of God. All of a sudden, it's just like a it's just like a callus gets put over the heart. And all of a sudden, you really don't care. You're not really concerned. You don't have compassion for people who don't know Jesus. When we fall into sin, we can also lose interest in the salvation of unbelievers. Isn't that really what it's about? It's about the salvation of others. You know that you're born again. If you've been saved, you know the great joy and the great hope that you have. That's the message that God has given us to tell the whole world. But when we sin, we can lose interest in that. And when we sin, we can, we can become cold and we can become indifferent and that's when we need to repent. It's when we need to turn away from whatever it is. You know, sins of gambling, they rob us of our families, of provision that they need to live and to survive. Someone who is a gambler, when he sins, it doesn't just affect him, does it? It affects his whole family because now money that he earned now is going toward some casino. It's going toward some dog track and where there used to be food on the table, where there used to be clothes on the kids, new shoes for the kids in September when they go to get school supplies, now there is nothing or next to nothing. But sins of lust and drugs and alcohol, they also rob us of our relationship with our spouse and our children. 
and the shame that causes them. You see, even though you may not have hurt or sinned against someone in the church, by engaging in sin and not repenting, and then coming into the fellowship, you bring that sin with you if it's unrepented of. Now, every one of us has sinned today. Maybe you don't even recognize it, but if you do sin, it it, it behooves us to come and, and confess it like the Bible tells us to, right? To confess our sin, and then he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's important that we do that. Because if we don't and we haven't repented, what happens is we withhold from God's people the blessing that we should have brought in with us. Does that make sense? Because our heart can be hardened, you may not pray for anyone. Your attitude may be obvious, and you may, you may be kind of standoffish because you're engaged in a sin or because your, your heart is hard. And then you come into the fellowship, and, and when your life should be a blessing and encouraging your brother and sister... Instead, we just kind of clam up. We don't do anything. And then the, the Holy Spirit can't work in and through us to minister to one another. See, it's not just about me ministering to you, the Word of God. One thing that's beautiful about the body of Christ is that we can minister to one another. We can listen to each other. We can pray for one another. If you're aware of somebody else's need, you know, you, you, can, you can begin thinking and praying about that and texting other people and, 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 and helping one another out the way the body should. And when the body doesn't do that, it's because we get sick. And there's something wrong when we no longer take care of each other. And we, just like any other church, we have to always be careful of that. We always have to be thinking along those lines. So when we come in with unconfessed sin and unrepented sin, what we do is we shut that spout out where the blessings come out. Remember I talked about that this last Sunday. We put a tourniquet around the blessing. And we no longer become a blessing. God's love and grace wants to come out upon you that it can run through you to others. But we have a way of, with unconfessed sin, with bad attitudes because of sin, we come in and, and by our own sin, we cut off that, that life supply. And that's no fault of God's, it's our own. So it's important that we, even before we come into any place where we're together, to say, Lord, make me a blessing tonight. Forgive me for everything I've said, anything I've ever done that has grieved you, Lord. And if you know of something specific, you confess it. But it may be a general prayer. Say, Lord, make me a blessing to your people. And see, that's what happened with Achan. Sin had so gripped him. And and let me suggest to you that his problem of stealing and, and, and lusting for the gold and the garment and the silver was not something that just happened at the spur of the moment. It's been festering in him for a long time. And it just took time until the devil said, now is the time. The opportunity arose and he took it. He went like an ox to the slaughter. He went to it. Verse 1, again, it says, But the children of Israel committed a trespass regarding the accursed things. The accursed things is a doomed object. It's, it's a dedicated thing that should have been utterly destroyed, something that's um, devoted to destruction. The accursed things, God didn't want them to touch it. Because, again, we looked at uh, Joshua chapter 6. We already read that in verse 18. Remember, God had reminded them, before they went in to take Jericho, and you by all means abstain from the accursed things, lest you become accursed when you take of the accursed things and make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble it. Notice he said, but the silver and the gold, the vessels of bronze and iron, they're consecrated to the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. But the word Achan, how would you like to name your child this? Achan. You know what his name means? Troubler. It's almost like he was fulfilling some kind of prophecy about his own character. 
Maybe when he's, when he's two years old and he's running around sticking forks into the light sockets, his mother said, boy, you're in a lot of trouble. I'm going to call you Aiken. <laughs> Maybe he- I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of Joshua. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play and Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.